We all know the damage that fires are capable of. What we don't always understand is the cause, behavior, and what to do in the aftermath of a fire. Today, you'll understand these aspects just a little bit more. Welcome to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. We will give you tips on fire prevention, how to deal with insurance matters, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Donna and Mike. Hello, and welcome to Speaking of Fire. This is your host, Mike Slatman. I'm a past president of the International Association of Arson Investigators, and honored to be so, and an expert fire investigator with over 45 years' experience. And this is Donna Ingram, uh, about 30 years' experience, and a past director of the International Association of Arson Investigators, and welcome to Speaking of Fire. Yes, today we have a, a kind of an unusual program in that we are we have lost a, a, a tremendous person in uh, the fire investigation field, uh, a guy Sandy Burnett Jr., who is an attorney out of out of uh, uh, Florida. Uh, he uh, was a great. He's a model of a man uh, in intelligence and integrity, and he did international training for the International Association of Arson Investigators. And he was just, and, and in fact, did the first IAAI CFI Trainer.net, uh, along with the ATF, uh, module on uh, truck versus Magnatech. Um, well, and I'd like to invite everyone right now, if you have access, uh, to go to your computer and go to firearson.com. That is the International Association of Arson Investigators website, and you will see you don't even need to log in. You will see on the left-hand side under news in uh, magenta color, uh, in memoriam Guy E. Sandy Burnett. When you click that link, it will not only tell you about the memorial service, but a history of his career and some personal information, some good things about him. So I'd like to invite you to go ahead and go to that site now. Right, and we have uh, we have two uh, just prestigious uh, people here um, uh, to be with us. Joe Toscano, uh, who is a well-known uh, leader in in uh, fire investigations throughout and in the insurance industry, um, is here with us, and past president of the IAAI, uh, Jack Ward of Jack Ward. Uh, investigations, fire investigations out of Florida, and um, they are close friends, uh, and we're close friends with uh, with uh, Sandy Burnett. And uh, I wanted to, I wanted them to tell you a little bit about the the man. Uh, everybody's seen uh, the instructor and how wonderful he was, um, but let's talk about the man for a minute. So we'll we'll start with Joe. Joe, uh, you're a longtime friend of Sandy. How how did you meet him in, and what were the circumstances? Hi, Mike and Donna, and thank you for uh, doing this today. Um, ironically, I met uh, Sandy uh, when both of us were asked to participate in the rewrite of the National Fire Academy's Fire Investigator Training Program. I say ironically because uh, my first encounter with Sandy was meeting him standing outside one of the buildings uh, smoking a cigar. Um, for those of you who knew Sandy, um, uh, he was uh, uh, very closely connected uh, at all times with a cigar. Um, so our first uh, meeting uh, dealt with us discussing um, uh, some mutual friends, uh, some mutual topics of interest, and from that point on until today, I have never spent a minute 
with Sandy Burnett that I didn't enjoy. Yeah, you know, he was he had a great sense of humor and that was a trademark cigar and uh and you kind of you've kind of got that going too, don't you, Joe? Uh, yeah, in fact, I'll blame uh, Sandy Burnett for uh, partially for that, but uh, yes, I did. And um, <laughs> in fact, we both, uh, and this is not a plug, uh, enjoyed uh, Arturo Fuente cigars. And um, my last uh, meeting with Sandy, which was just a few weeks ago, um, I enjoyed uh, a last cigar with him. That's fantastic, and and Jack, uh, you've known Sandy for a number. I I don't I didn't ask Joe how long, but I'll do that when we come back to him. But Jack, how, how long have you known uh, Sandy, and how, what were the circumstances of your meeting? And well, I, I thank thank you, Mike. First of all, and, and you, Donna, and it's just a pleasure to be here and, and to to listen to Joe and, and 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 convey to everyone what the Sandy Burnett was really like to personal friends, also. Uh, well, when I first met Sandy, it was in the early 80s. It was around 83 or 84, and it was a brief meeting, and I met him through a, uh, another investigator by the name of Ernie Wright, who they were friends with. And from the moment that I met him, you, his, his sense of humor caught me immediately, of course, and that's the way that Sandy lived his life, and uh, everything was taken with uh, a, a little bit of comedy. And when I first met him, it was within three weeks of going to trial with him. Uh, another friend was from uh, uh, Florida, David Marsh, uh, who was, used to serve on the board for the International Association of Arson Investigators. Uh, well, I had a trial with Sandy, and, and getting to know Sandy up to that point to, of the trial was amazing. I, I knew then that his passion for this industry and passion for the IAAI uh, was, just, was just amazing. And therefore, we, that started our friendship, and, and it's gone on to this day. And, and I, like Joe, I never spent a bad moment with him. Uh, and, and, you know, he just always, even, even in his days of, of sickness, he took it with a smile and always, had, always tried to break a joke to you. So that was kind of my beginning with him, and it's been this way all of our all of our careers, all my career anyway. And I've been I've talked with him, I've been in court with him, and he's just the type of guy that to know Sandy is to love Sandy. It's just as simple as that. Unless you're coming to him from the other side, sometimes it got to be where maybe you didn't like him so well. Yeah, well, well, he was he was terrific. He was terrific in the examinations. Uh, he was. I had a lot of. Uh, interplay with him because of the expert witness testimony course for the IAAI and and uh, and that sense of humor really really hit me um, uh, the family circus is, is a is a cartoon uh, and and it says and I think he would appreciate this it says grandma says it's okay that this la- this life won't last forever the next one will and so I'm sure that he's there and, and, and looking down with a cigar, of course. I, uh, <laughs> Joe, do they, they, do they have those as far as you know in heaven? Or it wouldn't be heaven without it, would it? Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> well, tell me about you. You taught with them. You taught, uh, you taught uh, with them all over the country. I know I went to see one, you guys one time in Missouri when you were doing a, a, a class. So tell me a little bit about your experience with him in the teaching circuit there. You know, uh, we co-spoke at uh, at least a couple of hundred uh, uh, training endeavors. I'm here right now uh, at the... Um, 
at the NCEDAR, the ATF uh, training uh, facility uh, in Huntsville, Alabama. And uh, ironically, uh, Sandy would have co-taught this class with me. Uh, we were the uh, opening act, if you will, uh, for this week-long complex investigation program for insurance professionals. Um, I'm sitting here wearing a Florida State uh, baseball cap uh, because that was Sandy's uh, favorite team and his uh, law school alma mater. Um, he, uh, he and I spoke, uh, as I said, at least a couple of hundred times, including in several uh, of foreign countries. Uh, we spoke in Spain together, in, in Santiago, Chile, uh, in Panama. Um, we spoke uh, uh, in the Caribbean, on some islands. Uh, we, we've, we've done it all in terms of speaking. And I can tell you that there was not a speaking engagement that we did where Sandy, a minute or so before the uh, presentation began, would say to me, so what are we speaking about today? <laughs> and, uh, and that was classic Sandy Burnett. Yeah, it was. And, 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 and Jack, you, uh, you taught with them, too. Uh, I know you taught in Florida because I, I've seen you there. Uh, what, where, where, are the, where did you go with him? Well, actually, uh, Joe and I spoke with him several times in South America and, 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 and all over the country. I, I spoke with him in Stockholm, Sweden, uh, to the European National Fire Protection Association, and, and what a treat that was uh, with the cigars. Uh, they didn't allow it in the rooms, and he made arrangements. <laughs> But, but one memory that I have of Sandy, Sandy it was quite, quite interesting. This was in my early years when I first met him. He called me up and he said, hey, I, I want to do a seminar in, in, in Sefner, Florida. I'm like, and I'd like you to be there to, to talk about the fire stuff. I said, sure, Sandy, that's no problem, whatever you need. Well, uh, I just keep this short. I went there and we walked into the engine house of this fire station and there were six chairs. And this is the, this is this is the kind of person that Sandy Burnett was. He didn't it didn't make any difference who it was or how big the audience was. He taught the same, and he taught them taught these people these six people that came in actually five because one of them had to go out on a call. And so five people for two days we taught fire investigation, and and it was just amazing because when I got there I'm like Sandy is this the right place? Oh oh yeah here have a cigar well. I'm not a cigar smoker. Just, just wait. And I said I held the cigar. I did not. I did not smoke the cigar. But that's just a little bit of how he was. Five people for two days in an engine house. We had biscuits and gravy for breakfast. Our dinner was a barbecue that they that they did outside. So, so that it didn't make any difference to Sandy. That's the kind of person that he was. And that was the that was the joy of of teaching with him. Oh, he's fantastic, and and uh, and that sense of humor of his, because it always came across. And um, and and uh, I know that uh, which which one of you? Uh, well, Joe, I think you're the one that uh, that taught with him in in Chile, and 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 didn't he speak in Spanish there? Uh, wasn't that correct for a couple hours? Yeah, he did. In fact, Jack and I were both uh, on that program. Um, oh. We had uh, quite a prestigious uh, audience, including the. Uh, Chief Justice of the Chilean Supreme Court, a woman who had attended Columbia Law School in New York and uh, was very interested in um, how they could progress their investigative efforts for fire investigation. And we had simultaneous translators. We had a couple of hundred people in the audience. 
We did some live burns, and Sandy uh, just did the entire presentation in Spanish, which, um, you know, certainly uh, the audience appreciated, and we were kind of shocked. Well, yeah. It was uh, well, well. You and you and Jack would both talk to uh, to the uh, to the to the audiences about fire investigations. Tell tell the audience here that might not be familiar with Sandy what his major area of of um, direction of, of speaking would be about, Joe. Um, Sandy uh, Sandy ran the gamut. Uh, he he didn't speak about specifically about origin and cause. But he spoke about um, the the skills needed to become a, a, an expert witness. Um, he spoke about the things that shouldn't be done during the investigative process for, for at risk of putting yourself uh, in harm's way by a uh, cross-examining attorney. Um, he always was able to, first of all, he had a hypnotizing, mesmerizing voice. I call it a radio voice. Um, but his... His combination of wit, intelligence, humor, uh, his ability to speak articulately, and and also his writing skills were just absolutely impeccable. And uh, he did it with uh, with uh, total nonchalance. And uh, he was uh, he really was envied by by all of us. That's true. And 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 Jack, you were. Uh, and you and I was I was uh, happy to be on your uh, appellate review committee when you were in charge of that for the International Association of Arson Investigators. And I know that Sandy would write something and then he'd rewrite it and then rewrite it again uh, because he was he was he believed what Mark Twain said was the difference between uh, the right word and the almost right word is the difference between uh, a lightning and a lightning bug. And so he believed in that. And and tell me a little bit, Jack. Uh, you you've seen the, you've seen his work, and and you taught with him. Uh, what was what was your experience with him? Was it more expert witness testimony or what? Well, it, you know, I, I agree with Joe. It was more towards the expert witness uh, uh, testimony, and and mm-hmm. that of all things is what he's kept intact in in our in our industry. And uh, but I, but I can tell you, he not only he may have been that may have been his main focus, but don't be fooled one minute that he didn't know about fire investigation. Mm-hmm. I, I've had him on fires with me, and and he, he not only me but other people, and and he was there to learn, because if it got litigated, he would know what to do. So he was well versed in our in, in that part of the industry. And uh, I can tell you, I, you talk about his writings. Uh, he was one that I done a fire, I believe it was with Joe in South America, and I done a report and I sent it to him. And when I got it back, it looked like it, it was hacked to death, <laughs> which which he was he was he was noted for. So I called Joe and I talked to Joe about it and I said, you know, look, this is one thing. So I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out. So. I changed it, and I put it the same way that he did it, give it to me, and I sent it back to him. So it was his writing, and I got it back all hacked up. So we had a big, we had a big laugh about that, but that's the way he was. He, everything had to be written perfectly, to the word. Well, I, you know, that is fantastic because, see, I'll tell you what, he, he contributed to my success as a, as a fire investigator, but also as a uh, consultant. I, in 1990, 
96, no, 1998, we're on an escalator at the ITC in Las Vegas. And I'm telling him about my idea that I'm going to do peer reviews for fire investigators all over the country. And I'm also going to vet them. And I'm going, and anyway, since then, of course, I've I've done fireanalysis.net and we vet investigators all over the country and we do their, and we do peer reviews of their reports so that they get better. And he was wonderfully um, encouraging me to do that and, uh, and, and has taught me so much and uh, uh, taught me, well, actually, and contributed to my success in that, in that regard. And, and Joe, I know that you had a um, wonderful uh, relationship with him. You, both of you guys are, were close friends. Um, I, I know that, I mean, he couldn't help but be around Sandy and he had to contribute to your career, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, there wasn't um, a document that I would write that I wouldn't send to Sandy for help. There wasn't a problem I would have um, in my professional career that I wouldn't consult with Sandy. Um, Sandy was uh, certainly more than just a colleague, and he was actually more than just a friend. He was actually part of my family. Uh, in fact, um, my parents... Uh, would refer to him uh, as son number three. Uh, I have a a brother, and he remained uh, at number two, and Sandy uh, took over number three because Sandy did nothing in moderation. If he smoked cigars, he smoked ten a day. If he drank coffee, which he did, he had ten cups a day. And if he was your friend, um, you'd better get out of the way because he was all in, and he was a friend to you your immediate family, uh, and your extended family. I was honored. I was honored to be that. Jack, you spent a lot of time with him, too. In fact, you, we had laughed about uh, you guys used to go and entertain clients together, too, didn't you? <laughs> yes, we did, uh, Mike. We, we, we'd done a lot of fishing trips, and, uh, and it was quite interesting. We'd bring in clients, and uh, they would stay for a day. And, but then it grew into this thing where Sandy was a, you know, he loved his family, and and his two sons Susan and and George and Kevin, and and they they meant they meant everything to him, and we started these fishing trips where we had clients come in. Well, it kind of turned into a a family thing where I would bring my son, he would bring his son. Joe not having sons, he would bring his father, and Joe's father and mother would cook us food and send it over in the truckloads like uh, Italian food. And Sandy decided one day he was going to cook some a meal for us instead of having uh, Joe's uh, mother's food and he made some paella and and I got to tell you it was miserable the kids wouldn't <laughs> eat it we wouldn't eat it we put it out for the dog and the dogs wouldn't eat it but he sit there the whole evening and he eat the, a bowl of it just in spite so that's the, that's just the kind of the things that he was such a good friend and he was so much fun to be around and that, that was at all times, even during during work, Mike, when you and I served yeah. on that committee together. He donated his time and came to our place in Jacksonville, as all of you, all of you did, too, on the yeah. committee. And we spent yeah. two or three days together. That's, that's out of his time of doing his work. So that's, that's his dedication as a friend. Yeah, well, yeah, Lincoln said uh, an attorney's time and advice is, its st- is his stock and trade, and he was willing to invest his treasure, his, his intellect into to all of us out here. Um, and Joe, you wouldn't eat the paella? What? 
No, the dog wouldn't eat the paella. <laughs> uh, I have to tell you that uh, the Jack left out one thing, that there was days of build-up to this paella, uh, of him touting how he really wasn't a great cook except for that one dish, which was his specialty. And, um, it, it, I mean, we could have filmed it and been on Saturday Night Live. It was just terrible. <laughs> well, that sounds, that sounds about right. He did a thing with me down in Florida. We did an expert witness testimony course, and then we went with my wife was with me and, and, and the instructors, and, and we're all dressed up that day. It was this court day, and we went over to a restaurant, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the poor waiter walked up, and he said, oh, what would you like to have for, for, for uh, drinks? And, uh, and Sandy says, well, this, the senator the senator will have a bourbon. I uh, know it will have a scotch, and and he then he told a Glen Levitt and water, and it, and he's pointing to me. The senator will have the okay, and and now from now is a running thing. They they thought because I have this old you know, looking head and, and and hair, and and I was dressed up that I might be a senator. And if he didn't get that all the way through, the manager came over the and said, "Oh, we're so happy for you're here," you know, and all that stuff. And I told him, "Yes, I'll I'll tell them about your restaurant." when I go back to Washington. It was it was really that was all him. That was how that was how off the wall he was at some time. It was great. But not that he would ever pull anything on you guys though, right? No. No. Go Never. ahead. Do you, you got anything? You got Well no. I, well I can tell you the a couple of things that, that he did to well we tried to do to him and if you followed Sandy's amazing stories on on Facebook that that he was posting, he told about one of them, and that was the time that we left him. Uh, myself and Joe and he and Dave Campbell were together teaching down in South America, and we went into this little town and we were lost. And I was driving. I didn't smoke cigars. They had all the windows up, and all of them were smoking cigars. Needless mm-hmm. to say, I didn't like it. But we traveled on, and Sandy went in to get directions. And I believe it was Joe made the suggestion, let's just leave him. <laughs> well, well, we did. Uh, we left Sandy, and I'm driving down the road. We got about five miles away. And, and Joe says, wait a minute. We don't know where we're at, and Sandy's the only one who speaks Spanish. <laughs> so, Good idea. So we turned, <laughs> and, we, and we turned around, Mike, and, and we went back looking for him. Here he is sitting on the front porch of this little store, with a cigar and some man, old, older man that had to be in his 90s. And they were having a chat. They were both smoking. He had given this man a cigar. And they were just sitting there. He said, I knew you would be back. <laughs> so that's, that's the way it was. And he, he got even, believe me. Oh, I'm sure. Now, Joe, you wouldn't have, did, you wouldn't have done that to him, would you? <laughs> no, I wouldn't, but uh, we do have many, many, many Sandy Burnett stories, and I, I just would like to tell one that I, I is, is just fresh in my memory. We were speaking in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, um, and uh, we had been invited to uh, dinner in this absolutely breathtaking hotel, and uh, we had a great din- dinner, and the, uh, the owner of the uh, restaurant approached us towards the end and uh, said that he understood we enjoyed a cigar and would we like to join him in his private room off the restaurant for a cigar and an after-dinner drink. And, of course, we uh, quickly uh, agreed. And um, on the way there, he brought us to their wine room, which he uh, claimed was uh, the best from uh, north of of uh, San Francisco. And 
the sommelier was there, and, and he was quite proud of his, uh, his wines. And I uh, began the tour, and then Sandy started asking him questions about different um, uh, wines, if he had them, and the uh, vintage and the year. And um, each wine that uh, Sandy would ask, the, uh, the guy would say, no, I, I don't have that one. About the fourth or fifth one, he said to Sandy, are you in the wine business? And he said, no, I don't even drink, but I know I've read it in a book somewhere, and it just goes to the back of my head. And that is because Mr. Burnett had a photographic memory. Um, He had things in his head that were just amazing. And at the appropriate time, he could pull them up like he was uh, in a library looking, uh, looking at a book. Just amazing. No, he was terrific, and I know that. Uh, we got about two minutes left here before we have to go to break, but uh, um, there's some things in my head that I wish wasn't in there, frankly, and, and sometimes I spit them out. Um, but when we come back, we're going to go to a break here in a minute, but uh, Joe and, and, and uh, Jack, if you would think about a, another thing that you might have tried to pull on him, whether or not it was successful, that would be terrific. And, uh, and then what we can do is we can, uh, I'm sure that the audience, there's the teaser, that the audience will, will like to come back and hear you guys, okay? So look, it's about two minutes uh, out, so let's, let's, uh, let's take a break now. And when we come back, come back to Speaking of Fire. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Fire Consulting International provides consulting and expert fire origin and cause investigations. Our experienced, certified fire investigators have specialized skills to meet litigation requirements. We also provide peer review of reports for other investigative firms to assure they meet NFPA guidelines and ASTM standards. Educational classes and CEU classes are also provided. For professional investigations, contact Fire Consulting International at FCIFire.com or call 913-262-5200. FireAnalysis.net offers cutting-edge, comprehensive programs unique to the insurance industry. Our vendor vetting assures regulatory compliance with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, NFPA guidelines, and ASTM standards. We ensure that investigators' reports are in compliance with those standards. We also offer comprehensive programs to assure compliance with your company guidelines. Please contact FireAnalysis.net. That's FireAnalysis.net. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. To call in to today's show, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to connect at speakingoffire.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Speaking of Fire. Thanks for joining us. 
Yes, welcome back. And we have two great people on the show here. Um, this is a tribute to Guy Sandy Burnett, a, a wonderful teacher, a, a wonderful attorney, an intellect, and, and a fine man. Um, we have uh, Jack Ward, who is a past president of the International Association of Arson Investigators, Jack Ward Investigations down in Florida. And we have Joe Toscano, uh, a well-recognized authority in the insurance industry in fire investigation. Um, so, Jack, uh, before we went to, um, to break, I, um, I, I asked you to think about something else that you had tried to do to him. I love that story about leaving him somewhere. Uh, but uh, talk talk to me. Is there anything else you ever tried to pull on him? Well, yeah, there were several things that, that you always tried to pull on Sandy, but they weren't very successful, Mike, because the man was brilliant. I mean, he always had a sharp mind. He knew when something wasn't right, and he always would somehow turn it around and, and put it in your face. And and he did that with me one time. I I, I cut the end of his cigar so when he picked it, so when he picked it up, it just fell apart, and 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 he didn't like that. And he, now he laughed about it. He laughed about it. But what he did with me is, he 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 sit there the rest of the evening, and every time he'd exhale, he would exhale my direction. Okay, and 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 I didn't and I didn't think much of it until the, the next morning. When I got out, I went in and went to bed, and uh, we were speaking the next morning. I got up, and, and, I'm, and I, I'm like, what is that smell? I opened my closet door where I had my suit and everything hanging, and I had put my clothes in there when I came in, uh-huh. <laughs> and that rascal had my clothes stinking to high heaven. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't smoke cigars. That's what, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What about you, Joe? Did you ever try to pull something on him, successful or not? Well, yes, and uh, but there is one story that uh, Sandy is definitely famous for in the Las Vegas area. Uh, he and I were uh, co-teaching a class, and uh, in fact, the, the class was being uh, filmed. And um, Sandy did about 15 minutes and turned it over to me, and uh, he disappeared. If any of you have watched uh, Naked Gun <laughs> Two and a Half, um, you know, you know what happens when you uh, go to the men's room with a lavalier mic on yes, and forget yes. to turn it off. And so while I was speaking, and I was the last in the room to recognize what was happening until I heard the toilet flush and Sandy having idle conversation with another participant in the bathroom. And uh, so the class was hysterical. Sandy came back in and basically said uh, the word, what? Like, <laughs> what's the big deal? So I can tell you, uh, if you were there, you would have been hysterical. Um, and I, 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 Jack, I, I think about the story about us bringing uh, fish back from uh, Chile into yeah. the Miami area. Yes. And you'd <laughs> like to share with uh, the experience. Yes, yes, that was quite interesting. We were we had gone over to Chile and we were speaking over there. After we got done, they invited us to go fishing. Mm-hmm. And coming back, we we had these fish and uh, these salmon that we caught. I mean, it was lots of them. And we had gone to the village there, and they cleaned them and prepped them for us, except for one. And it was put in his suitcase. Oh, no. Now we thought they were all pre cooked, which would have been fine. And they let us go through through customs, and lo and behold, when we got back to 
back to the States, we come into Miami, and his suitcase reeked. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. It stunk. Ooh. So we had to take it in the bathroom. And Lord, I don't know what he ever done with the, with the rest of it, but he ended up taking all the fish home. And his wife, Susan, <laughs> he took it into the house, and she says, what in the world is that? <laughs> And that was that was not that was after he had carried a boat onto the ship. My goodness, this guy, you know, he saw a boat that a little boy was carrying and was selling it for five dollars. And it was one of those ships that he had made, handmade, and it was probably three feet long and two feet high or so. Mm-hmm. And he brought it onto the plane along the fish, along with the fish. And had them put that in the storage area for him. That, that's just the kind of that's just the kind of things that he that he did. The, the story about the fish though was just amazing. That he oh. that he got it through customs because it stunk when it come through customs. Oh God! Well, I, yeah, that'll really kind of mess with your suit too, uh, Jack. That's that's a bad. That's a that's, that's a that's, terrible. That's right, Mike. Yeah. What about you, Joey? Uh, you got you got some um, you got you got a good one for. Uh, oh, you know what you could tell us about. And, and Jack has alluded to it a couple times. Um, not everybody knew Sandy a pers- on a personal level. So you tell tell us a little bit about his family. I know that he has a wife and 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 children, and uh, and they were close. And so just can you tell us a little bit? He lives down in Florida. I know that. And I in fact I was at his house a couple months ago, and. Um, uh, after he was ill, but uh, nobody answered the door, so I kind of left him a little thing on the porch. But uh, I don't know if he ever got it. I hope he did. But um, yes, he did. Talk Mike. to me, did he? Okay, I'm glad. Uh, tell me, could you tell me, Joe, just a little bit about his family or something that 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 you would know? Sure, or Jack. Jack uh, either one. Yeah, Cindy was uh, married to um, to his um, early childhood sweetheart. Um, uh, Susan and had two sons, uh, George and Kevin. Um, Kevin uh, was uh, uh, studying uh, in college uh, of late, and um, I believe he's in a master's program uh, in in the Carolinas. And uh, George is a police officer in Washington State. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, Sandy was uh, quite proud of his family. And uh, he lived in a lovely uh, home in a great neighborhood in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, but he really had his roots in Tampa, Florida. Um, his, uh, his parents and uh, grandparents and great-grandparents were uh, really cornerstones uh, in Tampa. In fact, I believe his grandfather and great-grandfather were both mayors of uh, Tampa. And, That's and were instrumental uh, in in the uh, in building up the shipping trade uh, in in the Tampa area. So, and that's where Sandy's first law firm uh, was, Butler Burnett and Pappas, mm-hmm. uh, and he was Burnett. And uh, and then uh, when he left that firm after uh, oh God, I don't know how many years, twenty plus years, uh, he opened another firm up in the Tallahassee area. So. Um, you know, he uh, he certainly is a, uh, a household word in uh, fire and law enforcement uh, and legal professions in the state of Florida uh, and across the country. 
Right, and uh, and Jack, you want to add to that because um, I know that uh, that you had, had been also to his home and etc. in Tallahassee, right? Yeah, and 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 also in, in in Tampa. I mean, I knew him, you know, when he was in Tampa, and went mm-hmm. been to his home many times. And and at one point, his uh, his son George was going to college in Jacksonville, and he stayed with us for a couple years while he was going. And, and Sandy loved that because mm-hmm. it put him. He didn't worry about where, where he was at and what he was doing at that time. But uh, but Sandy was. He was that kind of person that his family came first, but whatever it was, I mean, and, and you well know he traveled a lot, but his family still came first. He stayed in touch and made sure that they were that they were taken care of, and 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 all the way to to the end, they were you know with Sandy and his family, they were close. His son Kevin took great care of him, and and George stayed in touch, and and his wife was just a just an angel to him, uh, in in these final final two or three months when things really got got bad Sandy's way and he just he he just really uh, fought a lot of his family his home life was 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 one of those that he as you all know you got emails from him at one or two o'clock in the morning he had a room out by his garage that's he called the war room and he went to that war room when he'd done his work at night so he didn't bother the family and he would sit out there and as I said two one two three o'clock a.m. He would be there sending out texts and working on cases. Uh, many times I got them, I'd, my phone would ding at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it would be Sandy. Right. So th- that's the kind of things that he did. And that when he, his waking time, he spent with, with his family in the evenings. You know, that explains why the, uh, the memorial service uh, will be in, in Tampa then. And, and that's on the website, too. Yes, uh, uh, Mike, that's true. And, and they're going to be at the church where he and his wife uh, were, were married. Oh, gosh. Well, that's something. Uh, and um, and J- now you've actually, uh, Jack, you've been in actual trials with him. And, uh, and Joey, did you ever, ever be in a, a Joe Toscano, did you ever uh, be in a trial with him, actual? We were never, never on trial, but but uh, involved in many cases together. Most of which um, ended uh, successfully for our side without going to trial. Uh, they were civil cases, and uh, uh, you know Sandy was uh, tenacious and uh, usually won us uh, some type of an award uh, prior to any trial. Right, and uh, yeah, and Jack, you you were in in actual cases with them. Um, were, were there many, or are a lot of them settle? You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I probably I probably testified with Sandy. Oh, I'm, I'm guessing probably in court probably twenty times, and 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 one of them really the the first one actually really comes back in my mind. And 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 if I may just indulge a second, I, I we were in, in this case. And he had, I was, it was our first case together. And we went over everything the day before. And, and as you well know, Sandy, Sandy didn't have to do any preparation other than preparing other people uh, because in his, he was ready whenever. Mm-hmm. And we went into the courtroom and they called me up and I went up there and he went through, he went through my resume and got me qualified. And, and he walks over to the jury and I didn't know whether he was going to do this. He walks over to the jury and he says, uh, now, Mr. Ward, did you have an opportunity to work at this case? And I said, uh, yes, sir, I did. And he said, well, could you tell the jury what you did? Well, two, and he walked behind the jury. 
And and I thought, oh boy, this is going to be something. And for two and a half hours later, he comes around and he said, well, Mr. Ward, did you have an opinion on how this fire started? And I, and I stated whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I said, he said, okay, that's all he had. Well, the other side never even asked me a question. They never even asked me a question, and they had an expert. But anyhow, I got done, and I went to Sandy, and I said, Sandy, what in the world? You let this, let this go on like this. I said, why did you do this? And this was his way of, of doing things. He said, Jack, you had such a great story, and you could tell it so good. I wanted, to be, I wanted the jury to see you. So he walked behind the jury. Wow, that's and So great. I had to look at him. That and was great. Him, that put, was great. Put me, put me, yeah. So that, that, is, that was my first experience in the courtroom with Sandy. I'll be darned. Well, that's, a lot of these courtrooms are now set up where you, you can't be. You can stand next right. to them, but you can't go right. around them. Uh, what about, uh, and, and Joe, you were, uh, you were working for insurance carriers and stuff like that. So uh, you, uh, I imagine you uh, were able to, to see him in, in action, were you not? Yeah, I was, and uh, I uh, I work with them on on many cases, uh, some very interesting cases, which uh, we don't have enough time uh, to go into great detail. But I, I do want to make mention of probably what Sandy was better known for. He was an incredible attorney. Uh, his win loss record is almost not believable. Uh, he he lost very very few uh, cases, but I think. Sandy's passion and his contribution to our profession and and not just our profession, but law enforcement, the fire service, the legal profession, was his, uh, his ability to teach and share his knowledge, his writing ability. He never hesitated. In fact, when a new case would come out that would impact our profession, Sandy was the first one to write an article that would explain the uh, intricacies of the case and uh, and recommend uh, how to proceed regarding the case. Um, you know, if it was evolving legislation or the need to write legislation, Sandy actually wrote the immunity uh, legislation for the state of Florida when he worked for the state prosecutor's office. That's true. Um, he, we worked together on some of the finest training programs, I think, that have, in my humble opinion, of course, I'm biased, were ever done. Motive, Means, and Opportunity, Interfire, and CFITrainer.net. Um, you know, whenever any one of those programs were being even discussed, Sandy was always in the mix because we would never put something together without taking advantage of uh, of his uh, knowledge, of his willingness to uh, to give his knowledge, uh, and again of his wit and humor and uh, and just being part of the mix uh, made those projects move along swiftly and efficiently, and uh, again benefiting the masses. Right, you know that's exactly right, and the IWAI went to him. Uh, for that first module on uh, on truck versus magnatech for the CFI Trainer dot uh, net Rod Rod and at uh, Stonehouse Media and he worked very well together and and uh, uh, that's that was terrific. So if you if you can get it still, uh, you might want to hear his his great voice. Um, he was a a model to us on I believe how to live and and uh, and I think also he is his his dying. Um, is also a model on how how tenacious he was in in resisting um, and still writing till till the last uh, till the last and um, 
Now, I don't know which of you, Jack or, or, or Joe, are you more familiar with, <clears throat> with his last uh, last days? Um, I know, Jack, you said you'd seen her about a month pr- prior to, and Joe, you saw a couple weeks. Uh, do we, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how he departed? Well, I can tell you that uh, uh, that I had been there like the week before. Okay. And in the morning of, of his passing, I had talked to his wife, uh, Susan. She had called me, mm-hmm. and we had a conversation. And then about two hours later uh, is when I got the word that he had passed. And and it was kind of a it was kind of a surprise I think to the family because the the hospice didn't think he was there yet and he could have lived a, a few more months to several more months or he could have gone any time and uh, I I know that the way that he went was very it was very peaceful to the point of his wife was in the room with him and she was reading to him and uh, and 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 he passed uh, I think that's as he great. was listening to her read so so you know I think he had. I think he had souls with that. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, Joe, and, and uh, can you tell us about your last uh, discussion with him? Uh, we're, we're short on time now, but please do. I, I will, and I, and I think it needs to be said is that Sandy never complained one single iota no. from the time of his diagnosis until his death. He never said, why me? He never complained. He chose to spend his last months by writing about his experiences in this in this industry, um, he would dictate extremely difficultly to his son Kevin, um, and uh, I can tell you that his speech was was awful. Uh, Kevin would uh, would write out what he believes uh, Sandy had just said, and Sandy would get it edited down. They would work together and post. Uh, for, I don't know, a couple of dozen articles about some of the trials and experiences. And it was his way of leaving behind uh, some memories of, uh, of his professional experience. An incredible, that was an incredible ending to an incredible life. That was wonderful. Uh, he was teaching to the last day. The last minute, anyway. Um, well, you know what, uh, gentlemen, uh, Jack, uh, uh, you, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a chance each, uh, please, to do some parting comments, uh, and then uh, I'm going to take the last few minutes uh, to share my my grief. So uh, go ahead, Jack, you're, you're up. Well, I guess if, if, if he's, I guess I could say about Sandy was he was a, he was a dear, dear friend to the point of brotherhood. And, and in this industry, he was definitely the leader of the pack. Yes, and I'll leave with that thought. Yeah, I thank you, Jack. Thank you, and Joe, uh, you're you're also very articulate. Please uh, share us um, some final comments, please. Well, you know, we we've we've talked, I think, um, um, about the the uh, unusual uh, composition of Sandy Burnett, um, but he was surely a friend. Uh, he was a friend to everyone and anyone. He was the kind of person that could speak to a Yale professor at ten in the morning and a homeless person at 11.30 and make friends with both. Um, he was a teacher, and I, I, I don't say this lightly, uh, although we know him as, a, as an incredibly successful attorney, his passion was in teaching and sharing his knowledge. He was a great advisor to so many. Um, no one ever hesitated to call Sandy Burnett and take his advice to heart. Um, but I'm always going to remember his last months and the courage that he displayed 
um, you know, from his deathbed, and uh, and leaving everyone with not a memory of of the poor guy Sandy Burnett, but of how valuable and how special he really was. So we all will miss him, and uh, thank you again for doing the show. Well, thank you, Joe, and thank you, Jack. You guys are wonderful. You were close friends, and I know that he would be honored by your your comments here today. Uh, Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Now, I I wanted to say one more thing about other people that have died. Uh, Bob Duran Sr., who was uh, past president of the International uh, and encouraged me to get involved with with this with, with the IAAI, uh, other other people uh, uh, that are now passed away, um, that that are were instrumental in in not only my career but in the IAAI. I want to bring out something that two things that I, I really believe, and and one of them first of all is if you wanted to made make a contribution, and this is this is unsolicited by anybody. I just came up with this last night. If you want to make a, a a contribution in Sandy's name, please do that to the International Association of Arson Investigators Educational Foundation, where it can be used for education, or to the Fallen Firefighters Foundation. I'm, I know that he would be uh, he would be humbled by your contributions. I also want to tell you that what I learned um, I've learned about death. Um, Mel Glazer, I had on uh, on a program as, an, as a rabbi, and, and he talked about uh, grief counseling. And uh, one of the things that I've learned and, and it's, that I've accepted is that our grief never really goes away. It's it's there. It's just that um, that we learn how to cope with it over time, and that uh, that we have to lay our beloved people down. We have to lay them down, uh, and so that. Um, down gently so that they really that they we don't have to sit at their graveside every day um, we just have to um, to consider um, them with us but uh, that grief will never go away I know I've lost my sister my mother my grandmother all of these people my dad uh, all these people that we will never forget but we'll we'll cope with their deaths also we, uh, my wife is in a nursing home and um, and I was sitting with a woman that was dying her family wasn't there and I said I didn't want to leave her because I didn't want her to die alone and this nurse said to me she said she's not going to be alone Christ is going to come or her family's going to come and take her. And I thought that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. So we don't really even die alone. And Sandy died with his loved ones, uh, his, his lovely wife uh, talking to him or reading, of course, a book. What else? Uh, of course, he would die then. So let me say what else he did. Uh, he did not go gentle into that good night. There's a... There's a um, there's a poem by Dylan Thomas, and I want to read it to you. It says, do not go gentle into that good night. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Though wise men know that their end is dark as, that in their end that dark is right. Because their words had farked no lighting, they, lightning, they did not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright, their frail deeds might have danced in the green bay, rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late they grieved it on its way, 
Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sight. Blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on the sad height, curse, bless me now with your fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of delight. That's what Sandy Burnett did. He raged against the dying of delight by continuing to teach, even though he was on his in his last days and in hospice. Uh, as Joe pointed out, uh, he had difficulty in speaking, and yet his he spent his time with his son, and um, and said. Uh, and, and would teach now. So here's what I'm going to f- uh, end with. Lay your beloved down gently. And Old Men by Ogden Nash says, there's a thing called Old Men. And he wasn't old, but I am, so I'm going to bring this up. <laughs> People expect old men to die. They do not really mourn old men. Old men are different. People look at them with eyes that wonder why, when. People watch with unshocked eyes. But old men know when an old man dies. So, although we are saying goodbye to Sandy Burnett, he will live on with us in, in our hearts, in our minds, and in our teaching. In fact, there is a, there is a uh, very uh, kind of a long um, uh, video out there of, of Sandy and Stuart Scalar across it, uh, doing an expert witness testimony thing, and we were going to make it uh, a, a prerequisite for the expert witness testimony course, but it's just, just quite, quite too long. So anyway, if you would be so kind as to uh, join us again next week, uh, we'll have a, a new show, and hopefully it won't, uh, it won't end with uh, this kind of uh, a sentiment. God bless all of you, and uh, thank you for being here. See you next week at Speaking of Fire. Come back to Speaking of Fire. Thank you for tuning into Speaking of Fire. Please join your hosts, Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram, for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to be careful this week and every week.